Hello and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena. I'm your other host, Sean. And this week we are watching the show Big Mouth. Why are we watching this show? Because I wanted to see if it could be good despite our biases, or if we can see past our biases. So because of your morbid curiosity, I have to get dragged through the mud, too. You don't know that it's bad. You just hate the art style. It's so ugly. It's Also, really I watched ugly. the trailer and really disliked it. Oh, I haven't even seen the trailer. All I've seen is the, like, banner on Netflix. You should have been made to watch the trailer before you picked this. Well, it's too bad now. Mm-hmm. I've... I have had friends say that, like, oh, it's good despite the, like, terrible art style and shit like that. You've had friends tell you that a lot of things are good. Yeah, but friends that I trust. However, I can tell you one thing that is not a point in its favor. Mm-hmm. Um, this show is made by and starring Nick Kroll. Okay. Do you know who that is? No. Um, he helped create Sausage Party. Okay. <laughs> and that's kind of all you need to know about him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, another another one of the creators, uh, Nick Kroll's like childhood friend, Andrew Goldberg, was a writer on Family Guy. So these are two people that we would consider comedians yes that's my verbal air quotes <laughs> yeah no i heard the air quotes loud and clear it's good to know i'm speaking clearly <laughs> yeah i know you hate the like um i guess the like comedy that is edgy just because and it's not actually funny it's just like oh we're gonna be edgy and sexual and that's gonna be our form of comedy i guess Thanks for saying all of that so I didn't have to explain myself, because you did a really good job there explaining why I don't like it. <laughs> I, You know what? I figured I'd just help you out. Thank you. You're actually being really helpful today. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to know about it before we just go into it? There are only ten episodes. Um, tell me. But it was me. renewed for a second season. Uh... <laughs> okay. I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be surprised by anything, okay? I, I don't want to go in there and have to deal with everything it's going to be putting out at me. Okay, so do you want the titles of the first three episodes? Yes. I want everything that you feel comfortable giving me. Okay, the title of episode one is Ejaculation. Continue. Episode two is Everybody Bleeds. Okay. And episode three is Am I Gay? Which could go very badly. That's true. Um, But it's supposed to be about, like, puberty and coming into, like, you know, being a sexual person and not knowing what to do. I, 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 I don't know. I suppose if I were to put on my optimism cap and look at this from the angle in which we live in a, like, good and just world, uh, that this could be a good thing. 
Mm-hmm. Either as something relatable for people at that age or as something yeah. funny to look back on as an adult. I mean, it can be really difficult for... I mean, this is definitely for adults. It's not for... Um, you know, the age group that it's portraying. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's kind of funny to think back on like, oh, wow, I was really fucking stupid when I was, you know, uh, 15 years old or whatever. I Yeah, I did do that dumb shit. I did think those dumb things. Oh, uh, well, it was before 15 that a lot of this stuff was happening. Um, well, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and it was definitely at around this age that I was watching South Park and Family Guy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, South Park is another one of those shows where, like, even though the characters are technically, what, like, ten years old, it's not mm -hmm. actually for that audience. or And they don't even act like that audience. They're very obviously adults. uh, Written by adults. Yeah. Written for adults. Adult voice. Um... I definitely can't really remember anything about being that age or dealing with these issues. Do you need I've... reminding? No, I've blocked it all out. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so let's just go ahead and get into it. This will be a short intro, but I am pretty sure we're going to have a lot to say after we watch the episodes. So, uh, we're going to get into that, and we'll be back in just a minute. Bon appetit! And we're back. All right, I have some things to tell you. All right, go for it. That was right off the bat, huh? Yeah, I started off... um, See, I watched the trailer, and the trailer is awful. Like, just abhorrent. I Um, will say, you're not the only person I've heard voice that opinion. mm -hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying stuff like, oh, I saw the trailer, and the trailer made it look fucking terrible, but then my friend made me watch it, and I liked it. The trailer was truly atrocious, okay? Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, I thought about it, I do not like this show. Oh, okay. Uh, You've decided. Yes, I have definitively decided. I put serious thought into it. You see, because I went into it, you thinking that because of my bias, that uh, I would just automatically hate it. Uh, yeah, but, but I then... went into it. Well, then we decided that uh, your bias had set the bar so low that it uh, you kind of liked it while you were watching it because you weren't expecting anything from it. And it gave you a little bit more than that. Yeah, this isn't a zero out of ten. <laughs> All right. Um, Which is what you were expecting. Yes. But I would still say it was not good. Um, really? Yeah, there were a lot of scenes that were, uh, in retrospect, like, really uncomfortable. Uh, like, the show even, like, opens with the, like, midnight, like, masturbating next to your sleeping friend scenario, which is disturbing. Um, yeah. 
Uh, and then there is the dance scene in the same episode where he comes oh, in his yeah. pants from dancing. That's pretty bad. That's also kind of gross. I, I think um, it's like, I mentioned to you, and I was talking more about the art style, but mm-hmm. kind of the essence of what I'm about to say applies to the scenes as well. Which is, um, it's a combination of Bob's Burgers and 90s gross-out humor. Uh, yeah, to, definitely to an extent, but... That's how I feel about the art style ma- mainly, but it's definitely got that, like, um, teen bodies are gross, here's some gross shit. Yeah, um, yeah, like Bob's Burgers, but grosser, I guess is how I would say the art style. But Bob's Burgers, like, the art style has a bit of 3D and, like, charm to it. No, Bob's Burgers, like, I don't hate the art style at all. I think it's really nice. I think this has got similar proportions. Um, It's just way gross. It reminds me more of, like, Family Guy with, like, really tall heads and, like, everybody is, like, everybody's, like, really flat. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, continue on your tirade on why you hate it. It's got, like... A, a bad visual style, but, um, no, I just want to say, like, opening up first, there were a lot of scenes that made me uncomfortable, like, the, like, when dicks were playing basketball in episode one. That was weird. That was super weird. Yeah, or the scene when, like, two cops kidnapped one of the kids on the field trip. Mm-hmm. Just, like, randomly, it's, like, like, uh... Randomly and, like, racistly, like, kidnapping one of the oh, kids. Yeah. No, they explicitly say, like, oh, that's a brown kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so there were a lot of scenes like that that made me very uncomfortable. Um, and a lot of the scenes, like, dragged on too long. And there were a lot of periods, like, in between scenes where not a lot was going on. Um, so, like, it was very slow-paced. Uh, and, like, I'm not a fan of that. Like, it really, like, dragged everything out, especially all the stuff that made me uncomfortable. Uh, See, you haven't always had that opinion, though, about very slow-paced humor. Remember Uh, Freakazoid? Freakazoid was also not great. (laughs) Yeah, but you, you thought the funniest parts were when they dragged bits out for a bit too long. Yeah, but that's because in Freakazoid, none of the humor was trying to be edgy or offensive. Mm. I think that changes the paradigm. I don't think any of this is, like, necessarily trying to be, like, edgy and offensive. I think it is just um, trying to be gross, I guess, and trying to be relatable in the weird puberty sense but um, also, the creators are used to creating edgy stuff. Um, I, I, I would, I think I would, uh, I, I understand what you're saying, but I still think that I would ascribe intention to what they're doing. Like, you don't have the scene like the dicks playing basketball unless you're like trying to uh, be edgy. I think. Mm-hmm. And there's just like the, the reason why I immediately came out of the gate with like all this stuff and how all of these things made me uncomfortable and how it's a lot of gross out humor and like dicks and stuff. Um, is that like the root of my problem with this show is that it is about children explicitly. So like that is like child, uh, like it's, it's very uncomfortable, especially when I think 
like the kids all have like adult voice actors doing like very adult I, voices, so it kind of like went went over me the first time. I actually did want to bring this up with you. So first I'm going to talk about my big mouth conspiracy, which is that Netflix is scrubbing bad reviews from the internet. <laughs> There's a surprisingly few amount of reviews, and most of them are very positive, which is very confusing. There are, like, no reviews at all. Like, if you look up Big Mouth reviews, you see, like, Vox and some of the bigger media people. Mm -hmm. And they're all, like, Big Mouth is the show about puberty that we all need and stuff like that. Um, I did find one negative review on somebody's, like, personal blog. Mm Mm-hmm. It had a really weird tone that I didn't agree with um, mm-hmm. because it was saying like, oh, we shouldn't normalize um, children of that age becoming sexual. And I this might sound weird, I guess, but I think it is normal for people coming into puberty to like want to masturbate and want to date and stuff like that. So I don't think it's wrong necessarily to say that these are things that are happening and to kind of make it more normalized. Uh, right. Um, it's not, uh, uh, I don't think it's, uh, I agree. It's not a problem well, to like accept the fact that there... that's something that's happening. Well, no. So I did bring it up. I'm, I'm saying this is the reason like I disagree with the article. Also, they took umbrage with the episode titled girls masturbate Two. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's um, just a fact. Yeah, it was kind of weird. But then they also brought up in the article that, so apparently in a, um, at the very end of the show, in the last episode, the, I think the hormone monster, I didn't see it, I just read it in their review. What? Um, the, the hormone monster says something like, um, isn't this child porn? And then someone else is like, oh, it's animated so we can get away with it. And they were like, oh, they're very explicit, like, explicitly sexualizing children or whatever. Um, so you might yeah. kind of agree with that point. I don't think that it is wrong to uh, address uh, the fact that children are going through puberty and like awakening to sexuality. Um, but I have, I take umbrage with making it so like explicit. Um, yeah. And especially like, so this is something that I super did not expect, which was in the first episode um the one of the characters sees his best friend's dick and the camera zooms in on it yeah i was like um, oh that was a cartoon teenage boy's dick right like you brought up the hormone monster at the end denying that it is like child pornography but like when i thought about it after we watched the first three episodes i realized that the reason why i don't like the hormone monster is because he seems like an like an invisible adult who is egging on children to do sexual acts. Mm-hmm. Like that is ultimately his character. Um, I, uh, the fact that like more than one character is like acknowledging his existence as if he is like a real person. Like that's if fair. He, like if he was just like a mental thing in Andrew's mind, I would have less of a problem with it because then it would be like a reflection of his own psychoses. But he's like shown to be like a separate entity which yeah, makes he, him like, like talks to other people and they know who he is which makes him like an adult person who should know better and not be like creeping around children yeah i i agree actually because i was gonna say i i really like the idea of the hormone monster um because i 
I think it's an interesting way to uh, visualize, I guess, the kind uh-huh. of the weird impulses you get when you're going through puberty as like, oh, this is a monster trying to egg you on to do those things. That's why you get those impulses. But I agree that making it something that has like its own autonomy rather than just a part of somebody's imagination kind of makes it weird. Yeah. Like the hormone monster grossed me out, but the hormone monstrous, mostly because we didn't get to see a lot of her, but because she just sort of interacts with just Jesse. Uh, I think she like pulled off that like narrative, like use that, that, that mechanic of this type of character off better. Yeah. And if I, however, if I were to guess, probably other people in later episodes see the hormone monster monstrous. Right. But the, we only com- really get her, like you said, we only really get her interacting with Jesse because Jesse's kind of the only female f- main character. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, yeah, I agree. And that, like, by like comparing comparing the two, like, why did I really like this hormone monstrous scene, and like ultimately don't like a hormone monster? It was like that's how I like came to this conclusion. Fair. Okay. Um, is there anything you liked about it? Um. So I think that the premise ultimately like in the hands of somebody else is like a like promising thing and like could be like something that like could be good. I think that a lot of people who did show interest in the show or who ultimately do like the show of like is because there's like I think that there is like a need for a show like this, but not this show. Yeah, I am. I also read some of the positive reviews um, Mm -hmm. and one of them was saying how it's nice that there are like touching moments in this, again, ultimately gross out show. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess personally, if it was like more of that, like sincere stuff, it might've felt a little less like, we're doing this to be funny and a little more we're doing this for like an an actual reason. Right. Um, But there was some of the funny stuff was kind of nice too. Um, You had mentioned you really liked the line where um, in episode two, Jesse gets her period for the first time and the boys are talking about a period. (laughs) And they were like, that sounds horrifying. What if, you know, blood came out of you every month? And they were like, ugh. Right, uh, because I think uh, part of why I like that is that like one of the few things in this show that like I did like uh, was uh, Nick and Andrew's friendship. A lot of the scenes where they're like there for each other or talking with each other, um, mm-hmm. uh, to me, like rang as like some good and genuine like friendship moments. Well, even uh, like, which, uh, yeah, Nick and Andrew's friendship are definitely like kind of the main focus, and they were really good friends. And it was also really nice to watch. Um, Andrew help out Jesse when mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I don't want anyone to know because I think it's gross. And he's like, I'm going to help you. And then when they tell Nick later, he's not like, "Ugh, that's disgusting. He's like, oh, like, I didn't know that's what was going on. And I feel right. bad. Like, it's immediate. Like, they are absolutely, like, good friends with Jesse and are sympathetic to her yeah. and her problems. They're not just um, like, ew, women stuff. Yeah, I mean, they do in, like, I think, maybe not the second, maybe the third episode, they are, like, like, call her, like, 
Jesse, is Jesse going to stop being, like, just one of the guys? Uh, they do go through that, like, tired old trope, but they are still, like, genuinely good friends to her. Yeah. Um. So, so it is nice. They do kind of get some of the beats right when it comes to, like, portraying these friendships in a nice way. Yeah, and considering, like, uh, what, like, uh, I believe you said this in the first part, or maybe I must might have heard it in between recordings, but, um, the, like, idea that, like, this is, uh, based off of, uh, the, like, creator's, like, friendship with his childhood friend. Yeah, um, the, the two creators are named Nick and Andrew, and they mm-hmm. voice the main characters, and they're named the main characters. <laughs> uh so if they're still friends as adults then like yeah, yeah i think that they're, they're probably they're legitimate childhood friends so yeah, it's... they're tapping into something good and genuine there yeah um and one thing i liked about it and we were discussing the show you didn't agree with me on this but i think relatability is probably the show's strongest aspect mm-hmm. um I will say that the, like, nice tender moments are really, really good, but I just think, like, being able to relate to the things happening is really important, and that's what makes the show enjoyable in a lot of people's cases, and I suppose tolerable in yours. Um, I don't <laughs> think I'm ever gonna watch this show again. Um, I'll save my opinions until the end. Yeah, I'm gonna try and save what's left of my opinion till the end yeah but like um the most relatable part to me was the we're 12 years old and we're dating and how does dating work and i guess we just hold hands and sit in the back of the bus and like Mm -hmm. my dad dropped me off at this restaurant for us to have our date and it was really awkward because we don't know how to do anything because we're fucking 12 yeah i (laughs) i I do think that like i genuinely struggled to relate to what was going on in the show in most cases um like i didn't i didn't date that young or have uh have or i didn't have or remember having uh any of the significant problems they had in these episodes (laughs) well uh and i suppose i related better to the second episode because it's definitely that like no matter how much you are prepared for your first period, you're not. Mm-hmm. It's very much like, oh my god, this is happening, and it sucks, and I don't want this to be happening right now or ever. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> not that like, oh, it's gross, but just like, this sucks and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think... That for you and for some people would definitely be um, a point in the show's favor. But like one thing that uh, for me is like not a point in the show's favor uh, is the coach character. Mm, I would agree with you there. I didn't really like any of the scenes with him in them. Yeah. um, The more I thought about it, the more really skeevy it came across as me. Um, Well... I um, I just wanted to say something real quick before you made your point. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I thought there was going to be a really nice moment in the second episode where the coach is like, here, I bought you tampons. And she was like, 
uh, thank you so much. And she opens it up and she's like, oh, these are marshmallows. And I would have so much preferred that they were, like, actually tampons. That an adult had, like, stepped up in the situation? Yeah, that an adult had actually been like, here, I'm going to help you because I know that, like, going through puberty can be scary. And I don't want you to feel like you have to do everything by yourself. But it did kind of turn into that where, like, oh, the adults are useless and you can't turn to them for anything. (laughs) Right. Um... The the show, you'll recall, like, heavily, like, plied through, like, a lot of situations, like, saying that he's illiterate and such, mm-hmm. uh, and in the scenarios they present him in, they tend to, like, heavily imply that, or, like, portray him as someone who has some kind of learning or mental disability, mm-hmm. um, and then proceeds in all of his scenes to have frequent, like, frequently in the episodes to have long bits with his character that are just bad things happening to him yeah or him like embarrassing himself in some way or him you know Mm -hmm. talking too much about his personal life stuff like that oversharing um it just feels very mean-spirited no he's definitely written as like a slapstick character Mm -hmm. um i don't think there's anything that's supposed to be genuine about him Mm -hmm. which is again uh we both agree that one of the better points of the show is when it is genuine and when a character is 0% genuine, it's like, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if Coach Steve is my least favorite character, then my favorite character is probably Missy. Oh, yeah? I mean, just because she seems like the only one who is like genuine and like nice all of the time. Um, the only problem with that is that we don't really get uh, her perspective or inner world. Um. I would like to say that she shows up later, but I don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. I think, I I don't think that Nick, I think Nick is supposed to be the main character, but it, Andrew, I think, gets more screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick is the short one. Uh, I think Nick is probably also very genuine. Um, I didn't really like, I, he seems to be some kind of like every man stand in type character, which is, I find very boring uh yeah that's true he's uh he doesn't have a super strong personality like a lot of the other characters Mm -hmm. he mostly just reacts to what's happening around him like he's not really tormented by uh the puberty monster um he just like struggles to deal with his friends going through puberty while he doesn't so yeah so well i think that like so he does see the puberty monster briefly in an episode. Um, so I think he's like going to start going through puberty over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Pro- probably. While everyone else is already like kind of in the middle of it. Um, and that's also like um, another way they show that is because he's so much shorter than everyone else. It's like, oh, okay, he's a late bloomer. Like, I got you. But Kalena then they would have to change his character model. <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> but, so yeah, Missy seems, yeah, and she also seems like she's kind of supposed to be, like, a nerd trope that's kind of weird, but I don't think any of the characters actually react to her that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she's sometimes ignored, but she's not picked on, which I appreciate. Yeah, she'll she'll say like typical nerd lines like, 
oh, in ancient Mesopotamia, this, 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 and this. And they'll be like, okay, thanks, Missy. But they're never like, ugh, Missy, she's so, like, nerdy and she knows too many things, which is mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> there are a lot of shows out there um, where characters are told to the audience to be friends, but never actually act like friends to each other. So I appreciate that this show at least goes to the trouble of the characters mostly feeling like real friends. Yeah, and even in the case of Jay, who is the uh, angry-tempered friend, Mm -hmm. um, they explicitly do not like Jay. (laughs) (laughs) so even like with the characters that are are supposed to be like kind of friends but they're not that close like with missy or like we hang out with you because you're around but we don't actually like you like jay right he's the friend that you're saddled with as a kid because you don't have a lot of options now that's actually something i can relate to (laughs) but yeah um all of the relationships feel like real and they're like crafted pretty well i think mm-hmm. um who uh the, the part that doesn't feel uh crafted well to me um is generally uh the writing around the duke ellington ghost yeah why are why is the ghost of duke ellington there <laughs> What does he have to do with puberty? I think he might just be like a, oh, here is a funny character just because. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels very um, Family Guy and South Park to just be doing uh, funny impressions, funny impressions of celebrities. Yeah, I agree. I, I know nothing about Duke Ellington, so I don't know how accurate that impression is. But I will right. say it, it doesn't really fit into the tone of the show. Yeah, that's why I think um, uh, like a show like this being like edgy and such is like I was saying while we were watching the show that this is probably the kind of show that I would watch at 13 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Even but though it's then, not created for 13 year olds. Yeah, because I mean, when I was 13 years old, I was watching like South yeah, Park and Family Guy. Mm-hmm. And I probably would, like, probably be paying a lot of attention to any puberty information in this show if I was that old. <laughs> yeah. Um, But also they've got Duke Ellington there, and then they've got the, like, music video parodies. Yeah, um, so in the second and the third episode, they have some weird musical interludes. Yeah, um, like Everybody Bleeds Instead of Everybody Hurts. Yeah, and that one was like, okay. I mean, I get that you're parodying a thing, but I'm not sure how this fits in. Yeah. And then in the third episode, um, Freddie Mercury's ghost sings a song about being gay. Right, even though Freddie Mercury <laughs> was bi. Yeah, and therefore convincing the main herb, Andrew, um, mm. that he is gay, even though... He's just questioning. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Briefly going back for a second, but like, uh, yeah, Duke Ellington and the oh. music videos and the like, a lot of like political references and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of out of touch references, but um, more importantly, um, f- firstly, uh, the 
um, what's the word? The um, impression, the uh, performance uh, as um, what's the word? The impression performance as Freddie Mercury was um, they they actually did a pretty good singing impression of him. It was it was it was decent. Um, but my uh, my problem with the whole like am I gay episode is that they did not acknowledge bisexuality as an option throughout the yeah. whole episode. Well, uh, at the very end of the episode, the gay kid is like, "Oh, nobody is a hundred percent gay or a hundred percent straight." Yeah, um, which is kind of a cop out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, using that, um, using sexuality as a spectrum as a gotcha twist on like a gay discovering yourself episode and also like backing down on the character actually figuring out that they're gay um yeah. and never saying the word bisexuality throughout the whole episode it left me with the aftertaste of the whole episode being cowardly yeah and um one thing that really bothered me was that um so the ghost of Duke Ellington brings in a bunch of like famous gay ghosts and they bring in Antonin Scalia, um, who ruled against gay marriage. He was a Supreme court judge. And mm-hmm. I hate, hate, hate the like stereotype that people who are, um, very loudly anti-gay are actually just in the closet. Yeah. Oh God. It's awful. Like, and that is super like perpetuated the stereotype. Cause they were like, Oh, why did you think I was so against it? Cause I just didn't know how to be true to myself or whatever. And I'm like, that's not who anti-gay people are. Anti-gay people are actually anti-gay. They actually yeah. hate gay people. They're not just gay people in disguise. This whole self-hating g- gay person thing uh, is just like a really disgusting trope and cliche that like, it keeps coming up. Um, it like, it's not punching up at that person at all because it is framing the like homophobia. It's framing the problem of homophobia as something self-perpetuated by gay people. It's, it's definitely, that's a good way to put it. Um, is that like, Oh, homophobes are a homosexuals problem. Right. And, it's just weird. And it's like, it's also a way for straight people not to have to deal with homophobia. Um, because it's like, oh, well, people, who, we can just say people who are homophobes are actually secretly gay. So we don't have to deal with straight homophobic people in our community because we're just going to pretend that they're not one of us. Yeah. Like, uh, in a way, the, what they're doing is in, like, ultimately, like, they're insulting that person by saying that they're gay. They're using gay as an insult to them. Yeah, well, it's that and also, like I said, just trying to push it out of their own community onto the other one. Yeah, dodging responsibility. Um, uh, another, yeah, uh, we're going to move on from that one to um, another thing that made me feel kind of weird, which was, so I am pretty obviously a feminist and... I like seeing portrayals of feminists in media, mm-hmm. but only if they're genuine. Yeah. Um, so Jesse sometimes, but more often Jesse's mom mm-hmm. um, is portrayed as very 
Um, it's weird because the things she says, I don't necessarily disagree with, but they're definitely written in a mocking tone rather than a genuine tone. Yeah, it reminds me of um, the like main female character from uh, Community. Did you? I did not watch you... Community. Okay, okay. Because her whole thing is that um, she starts off as like uh, the mature one who is like trying to make the main character like honest about his bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the like show develops, uh, it like reframes her as like someone who is like uh, an edgy activist who will like forgive racism, but like condemn like animal cruelty. Um, yeah. And just like uh, is like, in it for all the wrong reasons type character. Yeah, and the whole thing, um, a lot of these characters are written like, basically like, oh, we want her to be over the top or we want her to sound unreasonable. So Mm -hmm. like in a lot of movies, there's kind of a trope where like um, a man will say something like, oh, you can't do that. And the woman will immediately fire back with, what, because I'm a woman? Mm -hmm. And he'll be like, no, because logical explanation. And it's like, the writers want to portray feminists as being unreasonable. Right. Um, this is like really common in like, not just this, but a lot of, um, uh, media in general, nuclear (laughs) family type, uh, neighborhoodly like shows. Oh yeah. Sitcoms. Sitcoms where like, um, most female characters will be, uh, very smart and very sarcastic, but they'll also like, always have like uh an underhanded ulterior motive at the same time yeah or they'll be like weirdly insecure and that's what like propels their the way they are right like the writers think that they're like doing a like good they think they're like doing good or like portraying depth by like outwardly portraying them as like smart and sarcastic Mm -hmm. um when that is not depth at all. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to give like a quick, I guess, evidence for why I feel this way. Because like I said, a lot of the stuff that Jesse's mom, uh, whose name is Sharon, a lot of the stuff that Sharon says, I agree with. Like when she's buying Jesse period products, she says something about like the period tax or whatever. Like it's kind of unfair that we should pay extra for these things that we need. The pink um, tax? The pink tax is kind of more wide than that. Um, So that's, Mm -hmm. like, why you pay more for pink razors that are the same as blue razors. Okay. I thought that's what you said uh, earlier. Yeah. um, She might have said pink tax, but the pink tax is more of a widespread thing than, Mm -hmm. like... The pink tax is more of a, a difference thing rather than a, like, oh, I need this and you're making me pay, like, a ridiculous amount for it. But um, mm-hmm. in the very the very first line that Jesse's mom has in the second episode is like really weird and like she kind of quits being a mom for that minute, which is uh, kind of strange for the character. <laughs> so well, so Jesse is like, I feel gross and nothing looks good. Kind of, um, I think that's kind of a like foreshadowing, if you would call it that, of like, oh, she's gonna be on her period. Mm-hmm. Um, Because you kind of get bloated when you're on your period and you can, like, feel weird about your clothing. 
Um, ah, that's not something I picked up on. Yeah, I don't mean like, oh, she's PMSing like a girl. It's more of a like, you actually do like get bloated a little bit and you can feel like you look different or weird. Yeah, that feels subtle and genuine, surprisingly. <laughs> but then her mom comes in and she's like, oh, that's just how the fashion industry wants you to feel because they want you to buy a bunch of clothes made by foreign toddlers who are addicted to nicotine. Oh, I get it. I get it. Like, instead of picking up on her daughter's problem, she goes off on to a rant about something unrelated. Right. And it's, again, it's like a, oh, this is obviously a quote-unquote feminist rant because she's like, the fashion industry just wants us to starve ourselves and spend all our money instead of being like oh honey you don't look gross you're beautiful it could only be more explicit if they were making her talk about fighting the patriarchy but with a funny voice (laughs) basically so it wasn't yeah the thing is none of the like tones the tones that make me feel weird in this show none of them are explicit like they are in family guy in south park so some kinda, of them are kind of explicit. Some of them, but most of them aren't, which kind of makes me feel like that's why I was looking up so many reviews because I'm like, am I alone on this? Like, I feel like I'm the only one that feels that these tones are weird. Right. I get what they're you mean. Vague. Yeah. Like the show constantly feels off for some reason, but I couldn't like voice it until after I had like thought about it for much longer than I expected. Yeah. And I think it's just like, because they toned down those weird moments, like the gay thing and the feminist thing, mm-hmm. um, that a lot of people will just roll with it because it's not explicit. So therefore, it's jumping over that very low bar. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was, uh, however, one really awful thing that they did that was just straight up explicitly that explicit that they just like spit out like really quickly and moved on from um, weirdly uh, and creepily. I'm not sure that I know what you're about to say. Uh, I forget who it was. I think it might have been the puberty monster, but someone um, in a conversation like suddenly jumped to, oh, hey, but how come all the Jews knew not to go into work on 9-11? Oh, yeah. They do a lot of these weird... This is a thing that like some of these shows do where they, were... where they will give somebody a line so that liberals will think oh this person was given this line to make them look like a bad person and people who are conspiracy theorists will think haha you're right yeah um so like um the kid in there's a kid in a wheelchair and he says i could walk until i was vaccinated and then it just they move on immediately i forgot about that one too um and it's like for a lot of people And I think for the writers, the line was supposed to be, you know, this person is a weirdo because they said this, but it also caters to people who think that way because they're like, oh, this show is validating me. I cannot speak to the writer's intentions, but regardless, like either way, it was still like incredibly suddenly gross. Yeah. So, so they do have a few explicit lines like that. Like I said, I I think the intention was to write it so that you know the character is not necessarily a good person, but it does come across as, like, kind of a cop-out. Yeah. Um, Oh, boy. Uh, 
So is so, there anything you want to talk about real quick before we move on to ratings and what we're going to watch next week? No, I aired out uh, everything I was thinking. <laughs> I got to everything I wanted to say. Okay. Um, so what? So you said you wouldn't watch the show again. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably wouldn't watch it of my own volition. But if I was hanging out with a friend and they wanted me to watch it with them, I wouldn't say no. Because there mm-hmm. were some, like, moments that I actually laughed at. Um, I think that in the future, if I were to watch it again, then it would probably be to heckle it. Uh, yeah. If I was with other people, you know what I mean? Yeah. I but couldn't... Like, despite all of our problems with it, like, another relatable thing was that, like, when... Andrew gets invited when Jesse's like, just get in here. And he's like, oh, the girls' bathroom. And he goes, oh, it's the same. <laughs> like, that was a, a relatable and genuine funny moment. Yeah, fine. But, like, no matter, like, how much a show like this uh, is needed and no matter how relatable some of the moments were, uh, it still overall was, like, filled to the brim with a lot of super uncomfortable elements and characters i mean the show is exactly like every other show those writers have written so yeah and they're all bad um but yeah so if i were to watch it again it would i wouldn't do it alone and i wouldn't do it with you i would only watch it with somebody who asked me to watch it with them Mm -hmm. um but what about a flavor rating uh what's the worst one bitter i am going with that one I'm going to go with sour. Um, We're going to have to disagree on this. I was going to go with sour, but I decided to go with the worst one. (laughs) I think us ranting about it for the past half half hour didn't necessarily help. I mean, by if uh, not help, I feel like it does like the opposite because it like helps crystallize like the the like things that bothered us about it and helps bring into view like. Yeah, that's fair. I think it, it does help. Yeah. Gotta it does help, like, that. kind of explore your actual feelings about it. Mm-hmm. But it, like I said, personally, I thought there were a lot of, like, funny moments. And I think um, if I, like, <laughs> I, I just think it, it would be possible if you're not a person who thinks like I do. And I know a lot of people to enjoy it. And I know a lot of people do enjoy it. So I, I'm still going to stick with Sour because I think... Like you said, if it was in the hands of somebody else, it would have been a good show. So mm-hmm. I think the like the premise is decent and there were a lot of like genuine parts and some funny stuff. And I just think like the negatives weigh it down mm, a lot more than a lot of people give them credit for, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, and I would agree, um, but I don't. You don't want I also to like... give it a higher rating than bitter. It's not uh, like uh, what I want. It's that I don't think that uh, I don't think that anyone can gain anything by watching this. Okay. Um, so moving on, what are we gonna watch in two weeks? Okay. Have you decided? Uh, uh, since you made me watch something that I really oh, no. didn't want to watch, uh, I am going to make you watch. Uh, Boruto. Really? <laughs> really? 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 I'm going oh, to. I'm no. gonna go get some help on this. Oh no! <laughs> I had to pay you back somehow. 
Okay, can we... Okay, but like... <laughs> I didn't know for sure that the show was going to be bad. I just was curious. I don't know for sure that Boruto is going to be bad. I do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, look forward to that, everybody. Yeah, so we will be watching Boruto on <laughs> February 6th. Until then, bye. Bye. I got you. <laughs>